Welcome to the Have You Ever Podcast. My name is Michael Nielsen, a fitness enthusiast, lifelong learner who is always asking questions. Each week I will dive into topics you've always wanted to know more about, but never had the courage to explore. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of Have You Ever. Welcome back everyone to Have You Ever. This week I'm talking with my good friend Greg Hukamp on the subject of why Barry Bonds is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame and if he might ever be elected. If you love sports and specifically baseball, this interview is for you. Highlights of today's episode include how a player is elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, how dominant of a player Barry Bonds was during his playing career, how we should view players within the context of the game only. Try not to view them as heroes. We should simply enjoy watching them play the game, which is what they do the best. Here is, have you ever wondered why Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame? Welcome back, everyone, to Have You Ever. Today, I am excited to be joined with a longtime friend of mine, Greg Hukamp. How are you doing today, Greg? Doing pretty well, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be a part of your podcast. Great. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show. So one thing in particular you and I have bonded over the years with is our love of sports, but in particular, baseball. Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, your knowledge, and your passion for baseball? Sure. So I guess it goes back to when I was about 10 years old. That's when I started playing baseball. Um, I grew up playing soccer and then I wasn't interested in that anymore. And baseball became my passion right away. I started following the Blue Jays. I started playing in leagues myself. I started just watching every game I could. And it just it just became one of the most important things in my life, to be honest. It's, it's just kind of grown from there. I was 12 and 13 when the Blue Jays won their World Series. So that was really awesome to be a part of that. Not so awesome not having one since then. But uh, we're on the upswing, so I'm excited about that. And then when I became an adult, maybe when I was around 20 years old, I discovered fantasy baseball. Um, And I've been doing that for the last 20 years. So that's another way for me to follow the game and follow the players and have shown an interest with it with my friends as well. So I'm in in two leagues in particular that I've been a part of for almost 20 years each uh, with friends in both leagues that uh, we keep up with each other that way. Uh, I've been playing ever since as well. I'm in a men's league right now, an over 30 men's league. It's competitive, but fun still at the same time. So um, all these things keep me involved in the game. Did you ever have any aspirations of making it into like the major leagues? I guess when I was playing travel ball growing up and as a teenager, it crossed my mind. I I never knew if I was going to be good enough. The advantage I have is I'm a left-handed pitcher and those types of people are elevated a little bit. They're looked at uh, a little bit differently than some of the other people. But I think my stature had played against me a little bit. I'm only five foot 10. And to be a pitcher, you need to be over six feet tall nowadays, usually. And I had some arm injuries too, which didn't help my cause either. So it wasn't meant to be, but uh, I did play at the college level, which I'm pretty proud of. So that was that was pretty neat to, to play on a college baseball program. Well, it's great that you're still very passionate about the game. And I remember one of our favorite memories of baseball was watching a game together at Fenway Park, watching the Red Sox play the Cubs. And that was so much fun. and One of my best baseball experiences. 
Yeah, that that was, uh, I will always remember that. Um, our first time at Fenway, we took a road trip down there and, and spent uh, about four days, Cape Cod and Boston. And part of the trip was we had to go see a game at Fenway and it just happened to be against the Cubs and they hadn't played each other in Fenway, I think since like 1912 or something like that. So it was a kind of a historic game as well. Um, it ended up being a blowout, I think, and a lot of fans left, but we stayed till the end and uh, uh, got our pictures up against like with the green monster in the background. And, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I'll, I'll never forget that. So the question that we are looking at today is why Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame and should he deserve to be in it or not? Um, so before we go into it, let's uh, talk a little bit about the background information about the Hall of Fame. Okay, so the Hall of Fame um, voting occurs every year. So usually it's in the month of December when the votes are tabulated. Um, there's actually a guy on Twitter named Ryan Thibodeau, and he tabulates the vote, the public votes as they come out on a very elaborate spreadsheet. And um, it's kind of cool to watch because you can see how the players are tracking. The goal for each player is to get 75% of the votes. That's what gets you into the Hall of Fame, which is a lot, like most a majority is 50%, right? So 75% um, is that much higher and that much tougher, which makes it a very difficult Hall of Fame to get into. And there are, are about 400 to 450 voters. So you need a good percentage of that to in order to get in. So only a very small percentage of the players on the ballot get in. And to, to even get on the ballot, you have to ha have a 10-year career in the major leagues where you were considered a full-time player so to get to that point even is an honor a lot of players say just to get on the ballot was an honor so the voting takes place uh at that point and in january is when they announce who actually made the 75 percent this year there was no players elected no players made the 75 percent and last year i think there was three i believe so it that tells you how difficult it is to get in ever since players like bonds and clemens and mark mcguire went onto the ballot Voting has been very difficult for the writers due to this controversy of performance enhancing drug. So knowing that Bonds only has one more year of eligibility left, do you think he's going to make it into the Hall of Fame? So this, this topic is interesting because Barry Bonds was my favorite player growing up. I really liked him because he could do everything. Like he's, he's what you call a five-tool player. So he can do every skill in baseball very well. So he can hit, he can run, he can throw, he can steal bases. Um, he does everything well. So that's why I was attracted to him as a player. Um, so he was on Pittsburgh when I, when I first started following baseball and he won the MVP award. And then um, I think it was in 93 when he signed the biggest free agent contract in history at that point um, with San Francisco. That's when things sort of started to change for him. So to answer your question, um, he has one year left on the ballot. This past year, he, he had 61% of the vote, and that's the highest he's had. He's been trending upwards, but he's sort of plateaued at 60, 60 plus percent. So I don't think he's going to get in next year. Um, that's quite a jump to go from 61 up to 75 in one season. I think only one player has ever made that jump. Um, I don't remember who it was. It was in the last couple of years. But there's also another few players that are coming on the ballot that will kind of spread the votes out too. Part of the problem with Bonds is there was a log jam for a while of a lot of good players where, and there was a limit of votes for the people that voted. So you could only vote for 10 players to go in 
on the ballot at a time. And several, several of the, the writers that voted had maxed out their ballot. They had voted for 10 players, so they couldn't vote for anymore. A lot of them said publicly that they would have voted for 13, 14 players at that time. So a lot of those votes, maybe that would have went to Bonds at that time, didn't go to him. So to answer your question in short, no, I don't think he's going to get in next year. But I think uh, later on, we might talk about uh, the Veterans Committee, um, which I think he has a better chance to get in. So at least to me, it seems most writers don't want Bonds into the Hall of Fame because they believe that he cheated and took steroids. That is the biggest reason that they're not voting him in. And obviously, this vastly improved his performance and towards the later part of his career. So if we just ignored the possible cheating just for a quick second, do you think that Bonds deserves to get into the Hall of Fame solely on the merit of his play? There's, there's no question. He's, to me, he's one of the top three hitters of all time. He has several all-time records. Um, I'll just go through a couple of them. He has the single season home run record, 73 home runs in one season. He's the all-time home run king. Uh, 762 home runs throughout his career past Hank Aaron, who was at 755. He has 2,558 walks, which is far and away the most of all time. And 688 of those are, are intentional walks. So that means they threw four pitches out of the strike zone on purpose because they didn't want to pitch to him. So that tells you how feared a hitter he was. Some other stats, he won seven MVP awards, which is the most by far. 12 silver sluggers, which means he was the best hitter at his position for for the whole season. He was a 14-time All-Star. He won eight gold gloves, so this speaks to the, the tools that he had. He won two batting titles, so he wasn't just a slugger. He was a great hitter as well. And he hit 298 for his career. So a 300 career hitter is elite. So he was right there for his career. He's the only player in history with 500 home runs and 500 stolen bases. And he had an OPS plus of 182. So OPS plus is a stat where 100 is average. So he was at 182, which means he was 82% higher than the average player, which is unbelievable for a career. Some players have half seasons that are that good. And it's just considered absolutely elite. He did that for his entire career. So that tells you how good he was. One other stat I'll mention too is there's a stat called war. So it's wins against replacement. So which tells you again, in comparison to other players, how good he was. His wins against replacement was 162 for his career. That's fourth all time. Number one, Babe Ruth. Number two, Walter Johnson, who was an elite pitcher. And number three, Cy Young, who they named the best pitcher award after. And then Barry Bonds was fourth. So that tells you where he lies in history as far as baseball players go. So undoubtedly he, by merit alone, he's in. Absolutely. Yeah. He, based on that alone, he should get in. One of my favorite stats, you know, looking back on this, look it up um, during the height of his career, 2004, he had an on-base percentage of 609. So that's a combination of walks and hits. 609 is unreal. That's basically what you would be hitting in softball, being a lot easier to get on base. Many of my teammates in softball hit 600, but that's because softball is a lot easier to get hits in, not so much baseball. So it just shows you how good he was at the height of his career. Yes, for sure. Now, obviously, steroids and uh, performance-enhancing drugs are really what's keeping Bonds out of the Hall of Fame. If we looked at any of his like pre-steroid stats, 
does he deserve to get in off any of those merits? So this, this is interesting because he was, as I call, like before steroids happened, which was sort of the late nineties, he was considered that five tool player. He was elite. He was an elite player. So he started his career in 1986. And the first known finding of him doing steroids that I read was 1998. So if you take from 1986 to 1997, I'll just give you some of those stats. So he hit 290, which again, 300 is elite. So he's right there. 411 home runs, 1,917 hits, 1,216 RBIs, 1,357 walks. And the OPS plus, which we mentioned was 182 for his career was 164 for that period of time. So those 11 or 12 seasons, 64% above the average player during that era. If you go back to wins against replacement again, so we mentioned he was 162 for his career. From that period there, he was 73. And if you take the average, so he played left field, hit the average left fielder in the Hall of Fame, their average war is 53. So for that period of time, he was 73. The average Hall of Fame player, 53 from his position. So if you take those 12 years, I think he's a Hall of Famer for that period of time, even. Regardless of what happened after. Turned into a mega star, like ultra superstar. One thing I think a lot of people forget too is how many steals he had. And before 1998, uh, which again is, you know, that pre-steroid era, he was the only player to have a 40 or 400, 400 career which is 400 home runs and 400 steals. So not only was he a great hitter, but he was also very speedy and was able to steal a tremendous amount of bases. Yes. Yeah, so he's, I mentioned he's the only 500, 500 player. He's the only 400, 400 player as well. No one else has done that. Yeah. He was well on his way to becoming a hall of fame player before the steroids happened. So really what it comes down to is your personal perspective on cheating and anything that could be deemed performance enhancing. So far, most of the baseball writers of America have voted him out of the Hall of Fame because of his steroid use. So what about you, Greg? Do you think that he deserves to get into the Hall of Fame? So that's, that's the million dollar question. That's a tough question to answer. I think that when you look at it on baseball merit alone, I mentioned he's top three. He's top three all time. I think Babe Ruth is up there and I think Ted Williams is up there and I think Barry Bonds is in that conversation as well. But then when you throw in the accusations of being a performance enhancing drugs user, which he has admitted on record, that's where it becomes very cloudy and that's where the voters are having trouble. And what it comes down to is what's called the character clause. I'll just read what the the whole statement as far as the Hall of Fame voters go. So Voting shall be based on the player's record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, and contribution to the teams on which the player played. So that's that's the sentence there. And the issue is with the character aspect of it. And that's, that's where these voters are really having trouble with it. Because we mentioned on merit alone, he's in. So it's the character aspect of things. He, he knowingly used something that enhanced his performance it's it's really dicey it's hard to it's hard to say whether he should get in based on this however when you look at the people that are in the hall of fame you look at characters like ty cobb alleged to have killed a drifter it was never proven in court 
Gaylord Perry doctored baseballs. So he scuffed them and added spin to his ball to deceive hitters. There are a number of Hall of Fame players that played in the 60s and 70s who used amphetamines um, at the time. There are a number of players, Babe Ruth included, who were known alcoholics. Uh, so all of these things speak to a character clause that really was not invoked at that time when those players were voted in. So honestly, where do you, where do you draw the line? Um, that's where these voters are having trouble. They're trying to be, they're trying to make a, a vote, a black and white thing when it's very much not a black and white thing. It's, there's a lot of gray involved in this. So to me, because you've got all these players in there who are rough characters to begin with, I think that Bonds would fit right in, I guess, with that. I think you have to look more on the merit than you do on the character. It is the baseball hall of fame. It's not the good person hall of fame, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Also, you have to know that in the era in which he played, so from, I guess, from 98 on to 2004, 5, 6 in there, a lot of players were using performance enhancing drugs. So he was on a level playing field, so to say, um, with his competitors. So they were, you mentioned Mark McGuire, um, Sammy Sosa, um, a lot of other players on the ballot right now as well. And then a couple more that are going to be on the ballot next year, um, as well as pitchers. Roger Clemens is grouped in with Barry Bonds right now. One of the best pitchers of all time based on merit. He's being held to the same account because of steroids. To me at that time, because there was no set steroid program in place as far as punishment and things like that went technically he wasn't he wasn't breaking any baseball rules at that time he was knowingly enhancing himself secretly i guess because he wasn't telling anybody so i think you have to look at the baseball merit sort of what it comes down to um i think it's it's a tough question to answer and it's something that all of these writers and voters are struggling with to me it's it comes down to the baseball the baseball aspect of things I think you've hit it right on the head. You know, it's very hard to judge someone based on character alone. And that seems what is keeping Bonds out of the Hall of Fame. And as you said, they've kind of already opened up Pandora's box with characters who have not so great pasts and their integrity is not the best. So they've ignored it in the past. Why are they not doing it with Bonds? Yeah, it's, it's a very subjective thing. You also don't know what people have done in private either. So like, honestly, where do you draw the line? That's sort of the question. Some voters feel the same way as I do. And they've, they've kind of put that aside and, and really voted on the, the baseball um, merits on the field. That's sort of where I sit. These writers were baseball writers. They watched baseball games. They are not judges of character, really. That's not what they were trained to do. That's not why they're voting. The character clause is in there for good reason. You want upstanding people, but not everybody's an upstanding person. And the other part of this too is, is when you get into the elite level of anything, whether it's sports or whether it's entertainment, people will do anything to get fame and get money. So that's where some of this stuff has come in. These guys got huge contracts because of what they were doing on the baseball field. So they would take any steps necessary in order to get to that point, to be the best, to be famous, to get money, those things kind of character goes by the wayside when, when something is there like that for some people, which is sad, but it is the case. I'm sure there were players that 
made it to the major leagues because of performance enhancing drugs, whereas they maybe would have not done that in the past. And, and what it's whatever people can do to, to get to the top of their field, I guess, sometimes. And that's, that's what happens sometimes. It's going to be really interesting next year because as you've kind of alluded to earlier, um, we're going to have two more players who have connections to performance enhancing drugs, Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz go on the ballot. Now, both of these guys are more beloved and a lot more liked than Bonds is. However, both cheated in a way as well. So we might have another double standard here where these players who have connections to steroids had great careers, deserved to get in based on their play, may get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's it'll be interesting to see for sure. Like on the ballot right now, we mentioned Roger Clemens. To me, Manny Ramirez is on the ballot right now. He was one of the best hitters I ever saw. He could hit for average, hit for power. I always, because the Blue Jays and the Red Sox were rivals, I always hated facing him because he was just a tough out. But no, nobody's voting for him. He gets like 20% of the vote. And to me, he's one of the best hitters, right-handed hitters ever. But then you mentioned David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez is one of the best hitters ever. He's, he was just fun to watch, but again, he's, he's admitted to doing it. He was actually hated at the end of his career. No one wanted to sign him. The Yankees wouldn't even sign him at the end of his career, even though he had some, some playing ability left. But since then, it's been kind of funny. Like he's, he's become a media member and kind of beloved. And then David Ortiz is a beloved figure as well. Like in Boston, he's like a cult hero. He could probably run for mayor and get in. He could run for mayor and win easily in Boston. So it's going to be really interesting to see because those guys are so well liked right now. To me, there's another factor as well. And that is the, the baseball writers. A lot of the older writers are starting to retire and come off the voting ballot. And you're getting a lot of the younger writers coming in now as well. You have to be a baseball writer for 10 years at a, either at a newspaper or on a website. So you're getting some younger writers coming in. And those, those younger writers really look at the analytics of the game. Numbers are a big thing for them. And so Bonds obviously is a big analytics player, I guess. He, he does really well with the analytics. And then some of these other players that have been tied to um, steroids are also rated very highly in the analytics. So you're going to see some of these players get more votes because of that reason as well. I don't think it's going to help Bonds enough in one season because he only has one year left of his 10 uh, on the ballot. But I think for because um, Rodriguez and Ortiz are coming on and going to have 10 years, I think you, you may see them get in um, in those 10 seasons. It may take a few years, but that may happen. You had also mentioned about the possibility that Bonds could get in through the Veterans Committee. What would his chances be there? So um, the way that works, they've changed it a few times over the years. But right now, as it stands, two years out of every five, there's a, there's a veterans committee. So it's former players from different eras vote on certain players that they feel have a strong backing to be in the hall of fame. So um, the next one is for, for Bonds' era, which is called the modern era, it comes in 2022. So that'll be the first season that Bonds is not on. So 2021, this year is his last year on the ballot. 2022 will be the first year he'll be eligible for the modern era veterans committee ballot um, and I believe there's 20 voters for that and you have to get the 75 percent as well for that if I'm not mistaken so you'd have to get was that 15 out of the 20 votes or 16 16 
No, 15, 15 out of 20. I think because some of those players would have been his peer, either at the start of his career or during the middle of his career, they know how good he was. They know what a great player he was in all aspects of the game. I think he has a better chance of getting in then, but we'll see. Cause it's, it's, that's one vote. That's not, it's not an every year thing. Uh, and then it'll happen again, two or three years after that as well. We'll see. I think he has a good chance of getting in with that committee. So what's uh, one thing you want our listeners to get out of today's conversation, Greg? So I guess the, the underlying thing is that in, in general, no matter, no matter what, nothing is pure. So as a younger baseball fan, I always, I looked at these players as heroes. I'm looked, I really looked up to them, their characters, but as I became older, I realized that, I mean, ultimately they're, they're just humans like we are and they have flaws just like I do. What happens is the, the funny, the, the money and the fame push them to do things that maybe they wouldn't have done otherwise. And uh, they make mistakes just like any of us make. So I would say, try to not look at athletes or entertainment public figures as heroes. I would say, enjoy watching them perform because that's what they're really good at. And that's what you enjoy watching anyways. And, and make that, make that what you look at when you're watching a game or you're watching a movie um, or whatever. Don't get too attached, I guess would be my main, my main message. I think that's a great way of putting at it uh, in the context of the fame and fortune that uh, many of these athletes are making million dollar contracts today. It's hard to put it in perspective. So before we wrap up today's episode, I just have one last question I'd like to ask everyone. What is something that you would like to learn more about? And again, does not have to be baseball related. Okay. So that's a, that's a cool little last question. I, um, I thought about that and I, I think that right now we've seen a lot of this going on, especially in the U.S. I thought the weather, the weather patterns on Earth would be a good thing to try and have a podcast about. Obviously, you're not going to get all the answers, but there is so much crazy weather going on all around the world. So we saw this past week was the snow in the southern United States were in places where they never get snow. My wife is from Arkansas and they just got pounded with snow last week. And it went as, as south as Houston, Texas. Why is this happening? Why is this happening now? There's earthquakes all over the place. There's typhoons, hurricanes. Why is this happening? Is it global warming? Like, what's the answer to this? So if you can get an expert on weather on your podcast, I think that'd be really cool to listen to. Well, I have put that down as a possibility, but uh, never came up with a specific topic. So that might be one to uh, look more into. Awesome. Greg, thank you again so much for being uh, with me today. I really enjoyed our chat. And who knows, maybe in a year from now, we'll talk about uh, Bonds being in the Hall of Fame and not uh, so much about being out. Awesome. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I really enjoyed it. Great, Greg. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into the Have You Ever podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Do you have a topic you would like me to explore? I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at haveyouever.podcast. Have a great day stay curious.